This is the business of sports. We're in a situation that we haven't dealt with in modern times. The pandemic here has really accelerated the investments that we've been advocating for for years. From a macro standpoint, I think our sport industry is really forced to look at the business a little bit differently. In-depth conversations with the leaders in the sports industry. Who wants to be the sacrificial lambs that shows up at the first big major sporting event? We're part of something much bigger than sport right now, and the health and safety of our stakeholders is what's most important. Every moment, I think we're all from a business perspective thinking about the impact that the virus is having across the country. Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Mike Lynch. And I'm Michael Barr. And we're here Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays exploring the big money issues in the world of sports, talking to some of the biggest players in the industry. Today, delighted to be talking with Chairman of the Board of Directors for Envy Gaming and co-owner of the Texas Rangers, Ken Her. She joins us from Dallas. Ken, really good to connect with you. How are you down in Texas? Oh, we're doing okay here. Um, we wish the stars had done a little bit better. Yeah. It's, uh, it's beautiful here in Dallas. Yeah, absolutely. So talk to us to start about the world of esports. You're deeply involved in Envy Gaming. Of course, we have seen esports just take off in a massive way over the past few years. Some of it may be fueled uh, by the pandemic, but I do wonder sort of what you've seen and what you saw the opportunity was when you got involved here. Sure. I mean, I, I think the esport, the growth in esports this year uh, due to the pandemic was really just a continuation of this massive growth rate that's been happening globally around around esports in general. It had nothing to do with the pandemic. I mean, we've continued um, the fact that we didn't have to discontinue our seasons and things. I think that obviously helped. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I noticed esports just in the world of sports. I, I, it kind of appeared on my radar a half dozen years ago, um, just through my um, small ownership in the Texas Rangers. I follow the business of sports, and I, I kind of noticed an article here and there on esports, and it kind of I said, "What the hell's that?" And you know, I'm not a gamer, but, but the more I the more I looked into it, um, you know, it was what was stunning to me was the the size of the audiences, the diversity of the audiences, and the global nature of the audiences. And and I said, this thing, this trend line is is unbelievable and i said i don't you know as soon as i looked at the demographics of who's playing these these things and who's watching them and and taking a part in 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 competitive e-gaming um i said you know these are you know 20 something year old um audiences and players and i said you know in 15 years these people are not going to bring in their 18 year old sons and daughters to a baseball game and so anyway, the more I looked into it, it was just it was stunning to me the growth rates and the both in terms of audiences and in revenue and and in following. So um, and the connections um, when you looked at the consumer data um, in the marketing world, I mean, they're these people are really connected to their teams and to their to the to the personalities and the influencers. So um, it struck my interest, and then I I uh, quickly said, I, as an investor um, who understands the space, I need to I need to put some chips on the table. Uh, And that's what I did a a few years ago. Here's a sentence I never thought would come out of my lips. I have to explain. I have my youngest son is 15 years old. He is on the high school esports team. And I never thought I would say this, but I said, hey, you made the team great. Now go in there and play video games and practice. I never thought I would say (laughs) that, but it came out of my lips. And, And it brings me to the point is that, this is big in high schoolers that you have high school teams like this. 
can you can you take us more about where you see that part expanding in esports? Well, it's it's real, um, and and it's first. Let me just say it's not just high school, um, but there's over 120 colleges and universities mm-hmm. that now have um, official esports programs and official esports teams. Um, you can get a degree in esports marketing from Ohio State. I mean, it, this is a this isn't a flash in the pan. It isn't a small little business. Um, it just wasn't on the radar for you and me. <laughs> but you know what? What's really been fascinating about this is that these this this industry grew organically. Um, nobody nobody top down said we have a ball here and we're going to go create esports. You know, we're going to create something out of this ball, this leather ball that we have, and it. These were these were game developers who are in the entertainment business, and there were, you know, hundreds of millions of people globally who were playing and getting better. And then, you know, human nature being what it is, when you're playing and getting better, you want to be the best. And then, if you want to be the best, you got to prove it. And so, you got to prove it. You got to have some competitions. And so, people came, people sprung up to create events and create tournaments. And then, next thing you know, there were leagues. And and so, this whole thing happened organically. and so it's very, very durable. So I, don't, I think that it isn't going away. And so, you know, when, when um, what, what, what it's tapped into is, is the same, the same um, outlet that the robotics teams might have in, in high schools. And, um, and so not everybody can play football, baseball, or basketball, or soccer. And here's, a, here's an activity that is highly skill-oriented. Um, my first blush was, you know, the same as yours. Like it's really just video games. But watching the elite players play, um, it is every bit uh, equivalent to, say, NASCAR. Where, you know, if you watch NASCAR, you say, you know, how hard can that be? But you get behind the wheel and you're driving 200 miles an hour, six inches away from somebody, and your head's on a swivel. The amount of concentration, the amount of reflex, um, the amount of conditioning and mental conditioning you need to be to participate in NASCAR to be an elite driver is something special. And so there's nothing different about esports, and, you know, the more I've gotten to know it. Ken, this is Mike Lynch up in Boston. Uh, what kind of impact do you expect uh, Post Malone uh, to have as, a, as an addition to Team Envy? Well, I think, you know, Team Envy is one of the top global uh, esports complexes and brands in the world. Um, and the, uh, you know, the ability for us to play multiple games, um, to have multiple personalities, to have multiple players across different games under the same Envy umbrella, you know, is huge. Um, bringing Post Malone into the fold was actually a natural. Um, he likes Call of Duty, um, and he's from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, right in our territory. And so uh, our uh, our chief gaming officer and co-founder, Mike Raffel, who is the founder of Envy Gaming, um, who is who is one of the top influencers in all of esports, um, you know these guys know each other, and uh, and so one thing led to another, and and uh, we're happy to welcome as, him as part of the ownership group, and and you know and and th- it's just an example of sort of people who are bridging multiple industries. I mean, esports isn't just video gaming. I mean, these are at the level that Team Envy uh, is playing. You know, these are global media and entertainment and lifestyle brands, and 
And the the biggest uh, the most the biggest analogy I can draw is to um, is to the Premier Soccer League. I mean, there are people who cheer for Arsenal, and they couldn't find the Arsenal Stadium on a map or, or Man U, and they probably don't even know what Man stands for. And yet, there's, these are brands that have followings all over the world, and you know they have Emirates on their jerseys. They don't you know they don't even have the name of their team on their jersey. They have the they have just sponsors, and and this is these these brands have global followings, and and it's really it's really fascinating to watch. So, Ken, play this out for us, because, you know, one of the things that that you really described well was this notion that it's been a sort of bottoms up creation and, and not a top down, as we've seen with more traditional sports. So if someone in our audience is thinking about this from a business or an investor perspective, where's the opportunity here? Because obviously you got in on a relative basis pretty early where do you see the growth? Because the whole ecosystem is growing here, and I wonder how you see this developing as a very successful, savvy, long-term investor who has seen other businesses, not the least of which the energy business, grow over decades. Well, um, unlike the energy business, which is a commodity, I'm here – um, these are brands. Um, brands have identities. Um, there's no difference in these emerging esports uh, teams and brands than there is in any other professional sport um, around their business model of attracting fans and connections and sponsors and and ticket revenue and all the rest. But esports is um, is global. Um, esports is a is kind of a universal language. I mean, not everybody knows the rules of baseball. If you if you follow cricket, you don't know baseball, and if you follow baseball, you don't know cricket. And and you but but esports, you know, you can these are these are um, you, you can play the same game, you know, with a Korean and somebody from China and somebody the United States are playing the same game, and um, and it's universal language because it's just it's just the avatars that, that are playing and so the 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 ability to transcend and connect with audiences is really really special um and so you know what i what i look at it and say it's just it's only starting because what as a as a business um because you're talking about um Several hundred million people that play these things are, that are enthusiasts globally. Um, Seventy percent of them are between the age of 18 and 50. Um, about 50 some odd percent are between 18 and 34, which is a really tough demographic to reach. Um, these people haven't identified with their brand yet. They don't know what truck they're going to drive. They don't necessarily know what car they're going to drive. I mean, they're in that station of life where they're building, and and so the ability to capture this attention and the eyeballs here um, in a way that has a really deep connection because these people are connected to these games because they play them, mm. um, and that's that's just a fascinating business formula. And so I I think the growth is you know the, we're talking 15% compound growth rates. Um, in viewership and 20 some odd percent compound growth rates in revenues um, going to esports. And I think, as you mentioned about high school, people were going to play in high school, then they're going to play in college. And, and, and the, the, the truth of the matter is they were already playing. It just wasn't organized. They were in their dorm rooms playing on their Xbox. It just wasn't a team yet. And so these colleges have woken up and say, if I can, if I can create a kind of a, a gaming center and a gaming team, uh, at my university, all I'm doing is getting the kids out of the dorms where they were playing into these centers and doing some and doing it in an organized fashion. So, um, 
and it's a better recruitment tool to get students to come to your place. So it's been a, it's 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 a pretty sticky business proposition, and the growth rates are impressive. So I I you know I think that it bodes really well for the long term, um, because it's you know it's hitting the age group that needs to be uh, that needs to be spoken to. I got to tell a quick story to, to bring me to the question, and I want to go back to what you were saying. It's like watching NASCAR. Now, I want I want to talk more about an audience part of it. My my youngest son and my my next youngest son they're playing Fortnite, and I'm enjoying watching them playing Fortnite. And here I am with a beer, and I'm that stupid fan in the stands that's sitting right there in the den. And all of a sudden, my son gets killed in Fortnite, and and here I am yelling, "Damn boy, didn't you see him? He was right by the shed. He was right there." And he said, "All right." Then you grab a controller, and let's see how well you do. Well, if you played Fortnite, right. there are 100 people in a game. I was 99th. The only reason I wasn't 100th was because one guy died because he didn't open his chute. So <laughs> I bring up the point. I want to put the players aside. Why We could see more of a channel of just eSports and not just streaming. I mean, I think you could put this on, on television. I think people would watch this. Oh yeah, no. It's it's during the regular season. Um, TBS had Friday night uh, esports live um, contests. You know, on on Friday night primetime television. So it, this is, you know, we've had events on major networks. Um, the uh, y- y- there's no doubt that this is moving from the side to the mainstream. And um, during the pandemic, there were we had we had network coverage because there was so little um, live sports on. Um, and, and, you know, you mentioned NASCAR. NASCAR even had a simulated, you know, they had the drivers <laughs> playing the simulation games and, and for competition. And, and so the, the, um, this is the sort of convergence of the virtual world with the physical world. And people, you know, my son's age and your son's ages, there's not, that is a meld that's happening. And so they view, they don't view the, the virtual world as some sort of this thing off to the side. It is part of their lives. They are connected on their devices and, and there's very little distinction between who's in the room with them and who's, what, what conversation they're having via text or WhatsApp or Facebook or whatever. And, and so, or TikTok, you know, or Instagram. I mean, these are ways that people can connect with each other when they don't have to physically be in the room. And, you know, watching, you know, when, when I sit down and talk to somebody, I put my phone away. When our kids do it, the phone is there, and their, their counterparts' phones are there, and they're talking to not only the people in the room, but they're <laughs> conversing and sharing stories and ideas and whatever with the people who they're having these simultaneous virtual conversations with. And so that that's what this esports phenomenon is capturing. And and so it, it's a high skills game. It's high energy, and the people are learning. The 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 the, the watchers. It is a, it is an engrossing experience. I mean, I've caught myself getting engrossed into it, and I and I can barely follow the games. They're going so fast, but. I mean, it, that to me is it. Once you get into it, it's no different than watching people play two basketball teams play. I can no sooner dunk a ball or play the game that I'm watching, but I can enjoy watching those people in the high skill level and the drama of the game. And so that's the, you know, that's that's the phenomenon of esports, and it's going at a pace and it's and it's in a medium that um, a lot of people are, you know, are having their brains wired for. Ken, I think all you need to know about this is that David Price, who once pitched for the Boston Red Sox, went on the disabled list 
because he was playing too much Fortnite. That actually is Correct. a true story. True story. <laughs> that, that is a true story. Talk about convergence. There you go. And, and the, so and it's, now uh, it's every it's everywhere. That's the kind of thing is I tell my friends as soon as as soon as you talk about it and their eyes are open to it, they all of a sudden they notice everywhere. And a serious note, there was a there was a World Series uh, advertisement that Taco Bell ran. And during the World Series, and it was a guy who was playing, um, had his controller on his couch, and he put his controller down to eat, you know, some some Taco Bell stuff, and his the the character on his screen, his avatar said, "Hey, dude, come on, I'm getting killed in here. Pick up your controller." <laughs> but I, so I'm watching the World Series, which is the ultimate traditionalist physical sport. And the advertiser was using an eSports to connect with the audience right. at the World Series, which just that says everything you need to know about the Your world's collided here. right there, Ken. <laughs> Unfortunately, we weren't in that World Series. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ken, I have to ask you, so you gave me an opening, uh, you gave us an opening to talk about baseball and, and traditional sports. It has been a topsy-turvy season, to say the least, and you and your team, the Texas Rangers, have a very special place in what the postseason, this very unusual postseason, is going to be. Tell us what it has been like from a traditional sports perspective as a minority owner of the Texas Rangers. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm I, at the percentage that I own of the team, I'm kind of along for the ride. But it's been, um, you know, it's been bittersweet. We 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 hustled to get a stadium built. Um, that is really state-of-the-art, domed, really special. It's got a ton of cool features. Um, it, it should be an exciting place to watch baseball. And so we hustled like crazy to get that thing built, and we got it built on time and, and on budget. And and then, then we were ready for opening day in March, and then the season obviously um, got delayed. So, um, so either watching the season – uh, unfold or the short season from an empty ballpark, it's just, you know, it's a shame. Now, the good news is the ballpark doesn't go anywhere. And so there'll be, when we do re-enter, it'll be, it'll be as novel then as it is now. Having the World Series there um, is a real validation that it's, and I think the world will see what kind of a quality park it is. And, you know, that's, it's, it's great for the Metroplex. Um, it's, you know, I wish that the, the teams could play in their own home. There's nothing more special. You know, it's, it, there are very few you know, basketball is one and the baseball is another. Football isn't where they crown the world champion, you know, potentially at their home. And that's a, you know, that's a special, that's a special thing. Um, and, you know, watching the Tampa get the cup when their fans aren't there, it's just, you know, it's just, you feel like you're tourists. Um, so the, the DFW area will roll out the red carpet for the teams. Um, it'll be a great place to play. It'll be a wonderful stadium. And, um, and so it should be an exciting venue and, and I'm proud to show it off. Um, so, you know, it should, it, you know, I hope I hope that we're back to playing in our homes next year, though. Absolutely. Well, Ken Hirsch, I have to say, and I think I speak on behalf of all of us, I've never heard a better explanation for esports and the business of esports than you <laughs> gave us. So I really, really uh, appreciate it. I feel like it's something that's been hanging out there, um, and we've been watching it obviously with a with a close eye. But you know, hearing from someone uh, who's a, a successful investor in 
all aspects of life, uh, sort of dig into it and help us uh, understand it was, uh, was really great. So thank you so much for your time. Happy to do it. And everybody keep your eyes and ears open because Team Envy and Esports is going to be on the radar. All right. We really appreciate it. You can catch our podcast right here every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I'm Jason Kelly. Find me on Twitter, though I'm not a gamer, at Jason Kelly News. And I'm Mike Lynch, still stunned you can major in eSports at Ohio State. You can follow me at LynchyWCVB. And I'm Michael Barr. My 15-year-old will tell you I know you're not a gamer. You can follow me at Big Bar Sports. (laughs) You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio around the world.